الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الذين امنوا ان جاءكم فاسق بنبا فتبينوا فتبينوا ان تصيبوا قوما بجهاله فتصبحوا على ما فعلتم نادمين قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كفى بالمرء كذبا ان يحدث بكل ما سمع او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مسسبكتد علماء الكرام برادرز اند ايلدرز one of the things that this insan does most is perhaps use his tongue a person from morning till evening he talks perhaps those number of words which he loses count of and if he has to count it might run into the thousands and perhaps some people into the hundreds of thousands so this insan from morning till evening he is using his tongue from the time he wakes up until the time he finally goes to bed he is still using his tongue some people even sleep talk so is this tongue something that's just free to say what it wants when it wants and there's no accountability regarding this <clears throat> so this is not the case instead in the quran sharif allah taala says to us very clearly ما يلفظ من قول الا لديه رقيب عتيد that let alone one whole discussion let alone many different aspects allah taala says ما يلفظ من قول one word also that a person speaks every single word there's an angel ready to record it now either it will get recorded in the side of the good deeds or it will get recorded in the side of the evil deeds it's either going to make the scale of good deeds heavy on the day of qiyamah or it's going to make the scale of evil deeds and sins heavy on the day of qiyamah in one hadith rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam says that many a times a person utters something he doesn't give any thought to it doesn't pay any attention to it that this was something significant but that brings about so much of good that he reaches the heights of jannat in it through that word through that statement through that little advice that he gave somebody that encouragement he gave and sometimes a person utters something he gives no thought to it that this was anything significant whereas it was such a polluted statement it was a statement so filled with all kinds of fasad in it and the fitna that ensued out of it and oh he broke somebody's feelings in such a way with it that person really broke down and allah knows best what happened thereafter as a result yahwi bihafi jahannam the person falls in the depths of jahannam due to that one statement so this tongue of ours is a very very great ni'mat of allah tbaraka wa taala and it is to be used in a productive manner to be used in a way that brings us closer to allah tbaraka wa taala and it is to be guarded from anything that can cause our 
harm and destruction in dunya and worse still in akhirat where then thereafter there is no way of making amends while a person has life he can still make toba he can still go and ask somebody's forgiveness but once he's passed out of this world there's no way to come back to make amends so in any case this tongue is something that's speaking all the time and then in this era of technology words are being spread at every moment at the press of a button the fingers are all the time typing away people are just passing and receiving information so this dissemination of information this passing and receiving of information all the time this has become uh, almost every minute somebody is engaged in something or the other of this nature this too there are very clear guidelines in deen in shariat that how does a person handle information this information is not just information this information sometimes is a means of either a person creating good or causing untold harm So it is not just that a person does as he wishes. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala has given us a complete code of life. It governs every aspect that we have to engage in or we do engage in, everything that relates to us. How do we live our life including what we speak, what information we send out, how we deal with some information that comes to us. And if we don't deal with this thing correctly, we could be bringing great amount of difficulty upon ourselves in dunya and more dangerously in akhirat. So with regards to this information, what are the guidelines that Shariat has given us? The first aspect of this information is, that does it relate to me? Relation, information is just flying around all the time. Does this information relate to me in any way? Is it my business to even be in it? Is it something that I should even be listening to this or reading this? Because... Many a times that information is purely gossip. That is even if it is true, it's purely gossip. Reading it also is part of ghibad. Just like a person sitting in a gathering and somebody making ghibad. And another person is listening to that ghibad. Both parties are equally sinful. The person making the ghibad and to listen to that ghibad is equally haram. Likewise, if that information that is fly, floating around is ghibad and often this is what it is then to even engage in that to read it is ghibad and sometimes it may not be to that level even then in the hadith sharif rasulullah sallallahu says to us kafa bil min husni islam al mar'i tarkuhu ma la ya'ni that part of the beauty of a person's islam that he forsakes things that don't bother him that don't relate to him he has nothing to do with it Now unfortunately the whole world's news we are reading about and we are listening to and whereas these things don't have any relationship to us. Many a times it's just going to occupy the mind, it's going to bring about all kinds of thoughts. Then a person is performing his salah also and in that salah as well those thoughts are coming which are totally useless things, futile. Then his salah is also affected with it, his tilawat is affected, his whole mind is absorbed, there's no time in the heart and mind now to be remembering Allah tabarak wa ta'ala because so many of these things are all the time crossing through the mind so in any case this is the first level that it doesn't relate to him he doesn't even pay attention to it don't get into it don't listen to it don't read it and he'll do himself a very great favor with this then if something does in some way relate to him or it is necessary for him to be aware of it then the first step is to verify is this authentic is this true is it authentic is it genuine otherwise he would become part of false information 
In one hadith, Rasulullah says, This much is enough to declare a person a liar. That he just relates everything he hears. Anything and everything he hears, he's passing it on. And in that whatever he hears, whatever is coming to him, whatever is reaching him, many of the things would be wrong. It will be false information. It will be some exaggeration. It will be somebody else's all... He added another 10 things to it which are not true. Now the person who forwarded this, he has become the means of forwarding lies. Nabi Islam says the person who forwarded the lie, he is also a liar. That he will become a liar also because he forwarded a lie. And at the bottom putting any disclaimer, forwarded as received, that doesn't absolve a person of anything. Forwarded as received, what does it mean? It means, well, I received a lie, I'm forwarding a lie. That doesn't absolve a person of that sin. And then he says, but I didn't know it was a lie, that too didn't absolve him of the sin. If he wasn't sure about it, he shouldn't have even forwarded it. He shouldn't have read it to start off with. So this is the second aspect that a person has to verify it. He has to be sure about it. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala gives us the detail about this. Allah Ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, in ja'akum fasiqum binaba'in fatabayyanu. That, oh, you who believe, if some unreliable person comes to you with some news, with some information, wherever it came from, you, you don't even know the source sometimes. You don't have any idea what is the credentials of this person. You don't have any idea who he is. And some information came. Fatabayyanu, then verify it. Verify it. And to see bijahala. Or lest that you now cause some harm to some people in ignorance. Now you acted on that information. Or you passed it on to others. Whereas it was untrue. Now somebody else acted on it. The person who got harmed as a result, you became the means of it. And to see bijahala. فَتُصْبِحُوا عَلَى مَا فَعَلْتُمْ نَادِمِينَ And then you would now become remorseful over what happened. You'll regret it. But the damage is done. The damage is already over, done. What is going to be the benefit of now regretting it and being remorseful? You should have thought about it beforehand. And often that damage can't be undone also. Very often the damage that resulted can't even be reversed. Because somebody took such action on it, that action is now past any remedial action. In the time of Rasulullah one incident took place where one tribe came into Islam and the leader of the tribe, Hazrat Haris the father of Hazrat Juhaira he was the leader of the tribe, the Banu Mustalik tribe. He came to Rasulullah and he then after whatever was meant to be learnt and discussed etc. now he was returning to his tribe. So among that was the aspect of zakat and he made this agreement with Rasulullah that on a certain date your envoy can come and he can collect the zakat of our people. So in any case this was arranged, this was discussed and accordingly this person now came as the appointed time. When he came, now the person who Nabi Wasallam sent, Walid bin Uqba, in the times of Jahiliyyat there was some problem between him and the people of the Banu Mustalik tribe. Now, this was before Islam. And there were some old issues that were between them. After Islam, these people forgot about it too. 
any case, as he's approaching, now these people knew that the envoy of Rasulullah is going to come at a certain time. They all came on the outskirts of the town, of the village, to receive him, to welcome him. Now when he, from the distance, saw this whole group of people waiting, his mind started running. His mind started running, why are all these people waiting there? And is it not because of that old issues that we had, in the times of Jahiliyyah, they are waiting now to settle the old score. This is the right time, this person is coming alone. Now his mind just started running. Whereas, there was no basis to all this. And this is what very often happens. Person just lets his mind run. And he starts passing judgment on people's intentions. One is a person's action, and a wrong action is a wrong action. There is no such thing about passing judgment on a wrong action. Shariat has already passed judgment on it. That this is wrong. But sometimes there is an innocent action, but now a person is putting a motive to it. He is passing judgment on why did this person say this? Why did he do that? Why didn't he take my call for example? Or why didn't he attend a certain function? Or why didn't this happen or that happen? Why he went to a certain place? Now the person is reading into it. And he reads all kinds of things that don't exist. See, he's reading between the lines. Between the lines is blank spaces. There's nothing written there. But he's reading whatever he wants to in those blank spaces. And now he's passing judgment on the person's intention, on the person's motive. And then he's taking action on all those that are just his idle thoughts. And those wild thoughts. So unfortunately this person now, it was early days in Islam for him. And he's still in this learning curve and this learning process so he came to this kind of conclusion in his mind these people are waiting to pounce on me he took a U-turn and came away without even going to them and he comes back to Rasulullah and explains that these people were waiting to now pounce on me now, he already made that judgment in his mind so strongly that this is what he expressed and this is what often we do we've made a decision in our hearts and minds about something which doesn't exist that this is what this person's intention was, now we go and express it as if this is what he did. This is what he said. Whereas that was in our mind about what we think was his motive. How often this happens? And it creates major problems in families, in communities, in businesses, in the workplace. And so many problems ensue as a result of something that was out of nothing. So in any case, when Nabi Salaam heard this, he was very, very... Uh, taken aback that these people how could they even think of such a thing Nabi Islam says that Khalid bin Malid with a group of Sahaba but he says look you go but you first verify it you first verify this before taking any action as Khalid who comes he camps in the outskirts sends some people quietly to go and investigate the matter they come back and they say we heard these people's azan at the time of Fajr we witnessed their salah they are Sincere Muslims, we don't see any sign of any nifaq in them. Then these people came back, Khalid Allah comes and he explains to Rasulullah In the meantime, this leader also reached that what happened? The person was supposed to come to receive our zakat, nobody came. Nabi Salaam asks him, he says, we never had any such thought in our mind. We were waiting for the envoy to receive him and to hand over the zakat to him. Now the whole matter came clear that this was merely in this person's mind. But how often this happens with us? How often do we take action on just merely what is our suspicion? And that suspicion is totally baseless. So Allah Ta'ala is giving us this guidance that don't 
take action on anything because you could often become the means of passing on false information, misinformation, somebody's exaggeration. And remember, we are accountable for all this on the day of Qiyamah. All this will be taken to task on the day of Qiyamah if we became a means. Merely passing on that information and saying sent as received doesn't absolve us of that obligation of verifying it and making sure it's true and authentic. And often when this kind of information comes, the big question to ask ourselves, if it was me, then what? If this information was passing on, people were passing false information about me, and they're putting there at the bottom, forwarded as received. We come to know some cousin sent it, forwarded as received, and somebody else forwarded it, some friend of ours forwarded as received. Says, but where were your brains? You are my friend, you are my... Couldn't you ask me first? You said forwarded as received, does that make it fine? Does it absolve you of your obligation? Does it make it okay for you? We would be very, very hurt about it, broken about it. These people who are forwarding these things about me, which is false. So the same applies to others also. We cannot be just sending out anything. This unfortunately has become a pastime. That people are now on social media and all these things and taking things and anything and everything comes and goes. But as a result, Allah forbid, we are destroying our akhirat. So this is the very, very important aspect that a person has to verify that information. And then after verifying it, he has to be sure that he is now, if it is something necessary to pass on, it's passed on to those who it is necessary to pass on to. Not to all and sundry. Otherwise, number one, if it's false, he will get himself into serious trouble. If not in dunya, in akhirat. Just on that one incident that took place in the time of Rasulullah and thereafter Allah Ta'ala revealed ayat of the Quran Sharif which give us so much of guidance in this regard. That there was an incident that took place, a lengthy incident which we discussed previously. Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha on one occasion while she was traveling with Rasulullah the munafiqeen spread some rumor that Nauzubillah she got involved in some wrong with some person and the slander was being spread around by the munafiqeen. And because of the way this was spread around, some sincere Muslims got caught up in just passing on this information also, forwarded as received. And then after one month, the ayat, the whole ruku of the Quran Sharif was revealed, highlighting the maqam of Hazrat Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha, her chastity, her purity, and in that these ayat of the Quran Sharif are revealed, wherein Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa ta'ala says, That when the believers heard this, why didn't they think good about the next believer? When you heard this, why you didn't think good about the believers? Why did you just jump to conclusions? You should have immediately said, That this is a clear lie. We shouldn't get involved in this. لَوْلَا إِسْتَمِعْتُمُوهُ قُلْتُمْ مَا يَكُونُ لَنَا أَن نَتَكَلَّمَ بِهَذَا That when you heard this, why didn't you jump immediately say that it's not correct for us to talk these kind of things. سُبْحَانَكَ هَذَا بُهْتَانٌ عَظِيمٌ This is a clear slander. Why did you get into it? When you started talking about this, إِسْتَلَقَّوْنَهُ بِأَلْسِنَتِكُمْ وَتَقُولُونَ بِأَفْوَاهِكُمْ مَا لَيْسَ لَكُمْ بِهِ عِلْم you started disseminating this with your tongues. And you started speaking about that which you had no knowledge about. You couldn't, you didn't verify it. You had no knowledge about its authenticity. Now you're disseminating it. 
استلقونه بألسنتكم وتقولون بأفواهكم ما ليس لكم به علم وتحسبونه هينا وهو عند الله عظيم you regarding it is as trivial you are thinking well this is a minor thing small thing trivial thing وهو عند الله عظيم in the court of Allah Ta'ala this is very severe it's a very severe matter it's not a minor thing and then Allah Ta'ala further says that إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يُحِبُّونَ أَن تَشِيعَ الْفَاحِشَةُ فِي الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ That those who like to pass on this immorality, spread this immorality among the believers, spreading immorality, many a times this immorality happens by spreading all kinds of vulgarity. People spending on groups and social media groups and whatever else, all kinds of vulgarity, all kinds of obscenity, and take it as a joke. Allah forbid one is vulgar, something that is written, and something obscene that has been written, then people keep receiving obscene kind of pictures. Say, well, it's a joke. It's just, just for fun. Allah Ta'ala is giving us this very severe warning. Then part of this passing on this immorality, is all kind of this immoral information. Sometimes gossip, sometimes some other things. Allah Ta'ala is giving us a very stern warning in the Qur'an Sharif. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يُحِبُّونَ أَن تَشِيعَ الْفَاحِشَةُ فِي الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ That for them is a very painful punishment in this dunya already. And in the akhirat as well. Many a times things happen, certain calamities befall us, various things happen, a person is scratching his head where it came from. People even ask the question, what wrong did I do? Whereas we've done so much of wrong, we've drawn down the azab of Allah Ta'ala with what we have done. And now we are still asking what wrong I did. So this is Allah Ta'ala saying, adabun alimun fi dunya This is spreading all this immorality. And unfortunately this has become so common at the press of a button, what not happens? And then all kinds of evil spread in society. People become very casual with all kinds of wrong and evil and vice obscene things, people come casual about it, talk about it like nothing, talk about it like a joke, and people have a merry time about it, we're having a merry time about what? But Allah Ta'ala has given such a severe warning about لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ Nevertheless, this information, this is the guidelines Allah wa Ta'ala has given us. One further aspect in the Qur'an Sharif Allah Ta'ala mentions, on one occasion, one incident took place, where one rumor spread. One rumor spread that Rasulullah has divorced his wives. Hazrat Umar ibn Khattab hears about it. He immediately rushes to the masjid. Now this was a person who understood what's to be done. When some news comes around, what's to be done? He first came to follow up the reality of it. To come and get it from the source. He comes to the masjid, he comes into the masjid and sees there's a very very heart-rending scene there. Some sahaba sitting in one corner and crying. Some in another corner and crying. Everybody is now overtaken by this news that has spread. Rasulullah was in a balcony and he was spending some time in solitude. Hazrat Umar comes up, he takes permission, eventually he's given permission to come. And he comes and asks Nabi Salaam directly, did you divorce your wives? Nabi Salaam says, no, no such thing. He says, can I go out and explain to everybody? He says, please go and do so. So Hazrat Umar ibn Khattab comes to the door of the masjid and he calls out aloud and he says, Nabi Salaam has not divorced his wives. Any case, this matter got cleared. But on that occasion, an ayat of the Quran Sharif was revealed that وَإِذَا جَاءَهُمْ أَمْرٌ مِّنَ الْأَمْنِ أَوِ الْخَوْفِ أَذَاعُوا بِهِ 
that this is the jinn. Now all this was made to happen so these lessons could be given to the Ummah through Qiyamah. The Sahaba were the, were the class that was made to learn these lessons for the whole Ummah. So this ayat of the Quran Sharif was revealed that when any news of safety or fear comes to them, they just publicize it. Whereas, وَلَوْ رَدُّوهُ إِلَى الرَّسُولُ وَإِلَىٰ أُولِي الْأَمْرِ مِنْهُمْ Had they referred it to the Rasul of Allah, Allah wa ta'ala, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, or they referred it to the people of true authority, then those who could verify it from the source would have brought out the truth for them. They would have brought out the reality for them. This was the message that was given, that if something comes, whether it's of safety or fear, now one is safety or fear of a security nature, but it is beyond that. Safety or fear of deen, meaning something, somebody we heard about, something new in deen now, somebody is saying something, somebody brought something out which we never heard before, that too should be referred to those who can get to the source of it. Otherwise a person often hears something, it sounds so nice, it's being said so eloquently, and then later on he realizes that this was coming from a source of those who deny the Sahaba Ikram, they have no feelings for the Sahaba Ikram, Na'uzubillah, they regard many Sahaba as renegade, like the Shia sometimes regard many Sahaba as renegade, Allah Ta'ala forbid. Now we don't know where it came from, but it was so well written, such an engaging manner, or that person was in such an eloquent way saying some things, now you realize it's coming from a source that has enmity for the Sahaba. It's coming from a source of a person whose aqidah is incorrect. Somebody who has various deviated beliefs, but he's saying something in such an eloquent manner, well I must take it. So this is also the lesson, that such things too should be referred to those who have the true knowledge, who can verify it from its source, as the very famous saying of Ibn Sirin rahimahullah, that where he says, إِنَّ هَذَا الْعِلْمَ دِينٌ فَانْظُرُوا عَمَّنْ تَأْخُذُونَ دِينَكُمْ Among the Sayyidu Tabi'eenu, he says, إِنَّ هَذَا الْعِلْمَ دِينٌ That this ilm, this is not just information, this is deen. This knowledge is deen, it will affect a person's deen. فَانْظُرُوا عَمَّنْ تَأْخُذُونَ دِينَكُمْ So be careful about where you take your deen from. Because if you take it from a very eloquent, outwardly eloquent source which is deviated, you'll get deviated. If you read a book which is written very, very well, but that book is coming from a deviated source, it could create a deviation in you. So this is the message he's giving us, that beware of where you take your deen from. Take it from the authentic sources only, otherwise you could affect your dunya and akhirat. most importantly. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, give us a tawfiq of bringing the entire deen into our lives, becoming practical on all the lessons that Allah ta'ala has given us in the Qur'an Sharif, and Rasulullah has taught us, wa akhiru da'wana, alhamdulillah.